The first thing we had to do was find out the total area of the room so that we knew how much product to buy. Measuring the length and width of the room. Multiplying those figures and then we added 10% for wastage. Most laminate flooring is made from wood fibers and pulp bonded to a plastic surface. There's a slew of style choices, from rustic-looking hardwoods to exotic finishes or classical decor. What you will need. Your choice of flooring, vinyl, tongue and groove, timber planks. Rubber mallet. Spacer. Stiff cardboard sheet. We used an old box. Handsaw. Drop saw or circular saw. Wood glue, clear drying. Stanley knife. Square. Personal protection. Our choice was limited in the secondhand range available, we choose to buy our building materials secondhand, and this includes our flooring. Buying secondhand is great and you can save lots of dollars but do your homework. Find out the retail cost of the materials you need. I do this online, using brands to search the web is easy, and many suppliers have the price available. If you are driving, take into account the fuel that you will use picking up the item. Saving $5 on an item to drive an hour just doesn't make sense. However a free shower screen, valued at $295, drive one hour makes perfect sense. Marketplace always seems to have a variety available. If you are choosing new from a catalog you'll also have to decide on texture, color and plank size. When purchasing new or secondhand there are some other things you may want to consider in the selection process, the type of room, the type of subfloor, traffic level, sound insulation and your home decor. Some of our planks had seen better days, however after carefully cleaning each plank with a bristle brush and a solution of vinegar and water we were good to go. We lost approximately 8 planks that we decided weren't good enough for the job. Install methods vary by product. For this project, we're covering the container timber slash steel floor using laminate flooring with an oak finish. This flooring is a no-glue system that install with the standard locking tongue and groove process. Before we start the project, we need to get the room prepared. First, out with the old. Remove any moldings, wall base and shoe trims. This may be a good time to update your moldings with something that complements your new floor. The new flooring may add height to the floor. In that case, you'll need to undercut door jams where necessary. To do this, First set a scrap piece of laminate flooring on some underlay. Place this on the floor next to the jam, then draw a line. This will mark the height you need to cut so the new flooring will fit under the jam or casing. Place a handsaw or undercut saw on top of the laminate flooring. With the blade flat, make the undercut. When you're done, thoroughly vacuum all sawdust and remove all debris. You may need to adjust your door clearances as well. We have fixed a barn door that leads from the kitchen through the hallway to the bathroom. When installing we left enough height for the laminate flooring to be installed. There is sometimes more work in the planning than the actual installing. With a clean space, the next step is to install the underlay. Underlay is a thin padding and it's needed for any installation of laminate flooring. We chose a felt underlay which would provide some installation and sound barrier for the floor. You can also choose a specialized acoustic underlay. After all we are quite literally in a tin can so the more fabric we can include the more quieter the room will be. This layer will also help correct some of the minor imperfections in the subfloor. If your floor is in a bad condition with numerous highs and lows you may need to look into a self-leveling agent or put a subfloor similar to marine ply. Remember though with every layer you add the floor base is rising. Installing the underlay, 
cutting around inbuilt cabinets use a Stanley knife. Starting in one corner, we unrolled a layer of the underlay in the same direction as the new floor. We want about the edges, not overlap. The underlay cuts easily with a Stanley knife it fits easily around obstacles like door jams and structural bases. We tape the seams with polyethylene tape, like duct tape, to create a moisture barrier. With our floor prepped, wood trim removed and the underlayment down, we were almost ready to begin the floor install. But first, we took the time to check out your stock. We were looking for any chips, splinters or dust in the tongue and the grooves. With these boards we use the Stanley knife to trim or scrape away any excess. These types of small imperfections can prevent the locking edges from forming a tight seam. Especially if you are using second-hand materials, you really need to inspect them well. From the pile we had we lost nearly 8 full planks so take this into consideration when purchasing. Once we were satisfied with the condition of our stock, we were ready to install. Tips on installing, there are a couple things you'll need to know before installing the first rows of flooring. The first row should be placed on the most visible wall, and it should be placed parallel to the longest wall in the room. When you install the floor, you'll need to leave a 1 cm space between the flooring edges and walls or any other permanent floor spaces, such as the base of cabinets. This space will allow room for the flooring to expand and contract with changes in humidity. Most laminate flooring manufacturers provide plastic spacers as guides, we didn't have these so used an off-cut of our flooring it was a perfect fit for our requirements. You really shouldn't have to make many cuts when installing the flooring, typically just for the end pieces of a row. But if you need to make a cut, no worries, laminate cuts just like wood. Use a square to mark a straight cut line. When using power tools you should always take precautionary measures. Use eye protection and a dust collector or the appropriate dust face mask. Use a saber saw to make the cut. And it's a good idea to make cuts in another area to keep the sawdust away from the installation site. Working from left to right, start by placing the planks with the tongue side facing the wall. With the first board flat, angle the next board so that the tongue and groove fit together. Lay the second board flat to lock the pieces together. Install the first row completely. Maintain a space between the flooring and the wall. Most likely a cut will be made on the last plank of the row. Use the leftover from that cut to start the next row. That way the seams will be staggered for a cleaner, more symmetrical look. We used an off-cut of the flooring as our spacer. I was particular in this area that I wanted a brickwork stager, this meant at one end we did have a small fill but it isn't noticeable and I feel the effect of the larger overlap is more pleasing to the eye in a small space. The brickwork pattern was important to my aesthetics or maybe it's my OCD. Use a hammering block, a small piece of timber, and a rubber mallet to gently tap pieces into place. You want tight seams but be gentle. Many taps opposed to one big one. To ensure a close-fitting seam when installing the last plank, place the piece against the wall and use a small pry bar to gently force the last piece snug against its neighbor. You want the tongue to fit into the groove. After installing several rows, Check to make sure that your flooring is straight and that the smallest gap between the flooring and the wall is no less than 1 cm. If it's a bit more, don't panic. When you reinstall your skirting board trim this will cover slightly larger gaps. When skirting boards are installed they cover the gap required for expansion. To minimize pattern repeats in the floor, don't use flooring from just one box as you go. Always pull from at least 3 cartons while installing. We needed to look for different boards to ensure we were using color and pattern variations. 
we stacked the boards in their colorways and chose from alternative stacks. Although installing a laminate floor is fairly easy, you may come up on a few tricky cuts, like around a door jamb or in our case the fridge recess. In cases like this, you'll want to make a template using a piece of stiff cardboard. Trace the outline of the template onto a plank. Finish by carefully wedging the cut piece in place. Laying out the planks to cut the difficult cuts around built-in furniture and cabinets. In some instances, it's almost impossible to lock pieces together perfectly under jams or in corners. If that's the case, use a sharp chisel or Stanley knife to shave away the bottom of the groove, and install the plank with timber glue. Clamp or wedge the piece in place until the glue sets fully, about 30 minutes. Now that you have covered most of the floor, worked around irregular cuts and leave at least 1 cm around the floor edges, the last row can be set. If the last row of the flooring is narrower than the width of a plank, you'll have to rip it lengthwise to fit. With a sharp chisel or Stanley knife, cut off the tongue of the plank you're installing against. Butt together the flat ends of the planks with white wood glue. Clamp or wedge the pieces in place until the glue sets fully, about 30 minutes. Finally, add skirting boards and moldings to cover the gaps. Moldings nailed in place ready for paint. That's it. Now you have a finished floor that has tight seams, looks great and is a point of pride for the DI year. Flooring down and ready for final coat of paint. Very happy with our flooring it adds to the warmth of that modern country style. Affiliate Program Statement Keep in mind that we may receive commissions when you make purchases from our affiliate program. This is at no extra cost to you. However, this does not impact our reviews and comparisons. We try our best to keep things fair and balanced, in order to help you make the best choice for you. We will tell you if they are an affiliate link. Within this blog are some of the services and products we recommend and have an affiliation with. Cheers Rob and Karen!